All right, what the fuck is up, Juggalos? This is Mitchell from the Murder Mayhem Show. I am joining Romebone here from Beneath the Dirt. What up, what up? Yeah, this is a collaboration for Carnival Spirits, the Juggalo Takeover. I believe that is, uh, they're taking contributions from the Juggalo YouTubers and podcasters and whatnot, adding them to their own channel, which their channel has like 4,000 subscribers. So I'm definitely yeah. appreciative for that. Absolutely. I mean, their whole thing when they reached out to me was like, they want to give some of the other channels an opportunity to steal some of their subscribers that was the way that beastmaster put it to me so yeah i was like hell yeah i'm down i have like 800 subscribers myself how many do you have probably uh, um i think i'm like 80 something i just right. started my channel like mm -hmm. a month ago yeah and uh maybe maybe a little bit of introductions are in order here then because since carnival spirits has so many more subscribers than we do <laughs> there's probably yeah. a good chance that people watching have no idea who we are so yeah uh, i started my podcast the murder mayhem show like three years ago actually coming up on four years now actually but um it was so sporadic in the first few years that i only have 32 episodes i've been doing it for four years and i have 32 episodes four of which i believe were recorded just in the last month so it's only been fairly recently that i've been getting more and more serious about it but before that i was primarily just like making juggalo memes and throwing them up on facebook and stuff so i have like five thousand followers on facebook and i guarantee that 99 percent of them don't listen to the podcast or even know that i have a podcast they're just there for the memes so I've built up something of a following without uh, putting out that much content. I'm trying to get over, you know, uh, really um, push out my content this this year. Though, when did you start your podcast? I started my podcast three months ago. I had the idea two years ago, and really, I started with my Instagram and Twitter early last year, just posting stuff on the daily and listening to your podcast, Chuck Reeves, CPN, all them dudes. I'm like, all right, I'm going to finally get my podcast going. Mm -hmm. And that's what I started doing a couple months ago. I'm like, I'm six episodes in, um, just started the YouTube. So I'm, I'm looking to grow my numbers and reach more people. Yeah, I just started the YouTube myself. I was just doing it straight podcast style until... A few months ago and then i jumped into the youtube ring which when i started the podcasting part of it there wasn't as many podcasts as there were now i don't think i feel like a lot of juggalo youtubers have really started jumping on uh tales from the lotus podcast i think have been very influential i, I noticed a lot of them a lot of the newer ones started creeping up after tales from the lotus podcast that that's my perception anyway i don't know if that's accurate or not but those dudes are cool as fuck have you been on the tales from the lotus podcast i haven't been on their show i did an episode of uh every saturday afternoon with beastmaster mm -hmm. and warlockside was on that episode as well hey um, yeah hey oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> shout but out i look, I look forward sure. to working with them at some point in the future yeah they're cool as hell and They've yeah, this shows really the shit. 
accommodating to me. Yeah, the show is fun to do. It's fun to watch, especially if you do it live. If you watch it back afterwards, then it's still interesting, but it's especially entertaining if you're doing it live and messing with people in the chat and stuff. So, right. Yeah. And I don't know how much time I want to spend talking about this because it might be boring to people, but yeah, I, uh, I watched some Chuck Reeves and some CPN and stuff before I got started. And I'm just like, I'm super critical of everything. So anytime I watch anyone else do something, I think like, well, I would do this that way, or I would do that this way or whatever. And then you have that thought so many times that you're just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it that way. Exactly. Bitching about what other people are doing. But, um, everybody in the community and I, I can't think of a single exception. Everyone has been super encouraging to me and reaching out to me and asking me if I want to do their shows and volunteering to do their shows like CPN and Chuck. And Chuck has kind of a bad reputation for to some people, but he's actually been super nice to me since I got started. Um Beastmaster, of course, with this uh, Juggalo takeover, I appreciate that. Even, even the as far as I know, like Boy Blue was like the first to do it. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, and even and that dude has has been super cool to me. I, we don't, you know, it's not like we're BFFs or anything, but I'm right, just right. uh, any time that I've ever had any any interaction with any of those dudes, it's always been super encouraging and welcoming. Uh, who else is there? Stonehenge. There's just plenty of de- yeah, crazy McCormick and DC yeah. Fago guy. DC Fago guy, yeah. You as well have been super cool. So anyway, yeah, I, I listen to yours uh, from time to time. They're pretty short. You keep them at about 20 minutes, it seems like. Yeah, it's doing it by myself, trying to keep a conversation by myself is friggin' hard. Like, I'd rather do it with somebody else one-on-one, but I want to get out there, so... I record, I'll record something. It'll be 30 minutes long. By the time I edit it down, it'll be about 20 minutes of like solid mm-hmm. material that I want to put out. Mm. So doing it by myself is pretty difficult, but the more I keep doing it, the more I get comfortable doing it. Maybe the episodes will get a little bit longer. I've had people tell me that they like the short shows. They can get through it quicker, get the information quicker. So we'll just see where it goes from here. Yeah, it is pretty nice. It actually is kind of nice to be like, oh, 10 minutes. I can I can check that out. <laughs> right, right. And uh, I go through the same thing because I also do a show by myself. And like you said, it is tough. Yeah. And like um, Chuck and CPN, they go live a lot. So I don't know how they, they, they have the chance. They can interact with the chat if they want right. to and stuff. But when you're doing it, by yourself just totally pre-recorded yeah it's tough i sometimes i'll go for like an hour and then cut it down to like 40 minutes like you said like by the time you start chipping away shit right so um yeah uh i like your show a lot though whenever i listen to it it's like there's uh, all all your opinions that i've heard are are at least to me at least valid like whether i agree with them or don't agree with them it's always like okay, I see how he got there. Sometimes you'll say, you'll have an opinion that I just, just like as, as like a matter of taste that I'll totally disagree with. I'm going to, I'm going to put this on blast. You said that 
The Juggalo Cypher was trash. The Juggalo Love Cypher. Now, right there, I mean, you are at a complete opposite uh, of that because I think that's like the best song that they put out that whole year. Really? I love that song. Yeah, I'm a big fan. That I know was, that, that was yeah. the one they were in the cage. It is the fight, the UFC yeah. looking one. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know, like that song? Did you not I, like the Chopper Styles? I, it said everybody but Ouija to me and light kind of. I'm not really a fan of light. Everybody else sounded kind of awkward to me. Uh, I just, I just wasn't feeling it. And then we, when Ouija came in, they dropped the beat, completely switched it up. Mm-hmm. Dope. I well, fucked that, is- that part. Hands down, in my opinion, the best verse that Ouija Mac has ever done. And that was that was pre-Gutter Water. So I yeah. was hoping that there was going to be some shit like that on Gutter Water. And to my knowledge, he still to this day has not dropped a verse even close to that. It's always the trap style, which right. is like cool if you're like a 14-year-old kid. <laughs> but <laughs> I like the... Uh, I like the the shit he was doing in that cipher and like too, but I thought everybody brought it hard. I thought like Violent J brought it suspiciously hard. His verse I thought was so good that uh, it makes me question like, do you really write that or did you outsource that to one of these young dudes? Because right. I never heard him go like that before. Shaggy, I can believe I can buy him actually writing a verse like that. Hoodoo's right. was nice. What I want to know is if there's some kind of unreleased ABK verse floating around out there because he was supposed to be on right. that cipher. I would imagine there is because he was supposed to be in the video and then his like van broke down or something like that. He couldn't make it and then they just right. completely cut him out from the video. <laughs> Which so, is so cold. Right. I, I mean, I think that's pretty that's pretty brutal, but it's stuff like that that makes people think that ABK is not on the exactly. label anymore. So that's uh that's what they get i guess so obviously some pretty big news happening this week which is funny because when you and i agreed to do this video for carnival of spirits we were we didn't really know for sure what we were going to be talking about and then like yes what was it two days ago as of this recording yeah um, the big bomb about the ENJ tour dropped. Yeah, rumors which, started flying everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and even it, it's it, the story is still developing. So even as we record this, I mean, whatever whatever we say here could be out of date by the time the video even goes up. For all we know, some right. kind of new tweet or Instagram or something could come up explaining all this shit. Right. By the time we even get done talking about it. So if you're listening to this, just pretend that. It's uh, January 6th, <laughs> because right. that's when we're recording this. Exactly. And uh, yeah, like you said, rumors just flying around, flying around. Have you heard anything that you feel confident about or um, feel like is confirmable or just just been hearing the same bullshit? Just been hearing the same thing. Had a panic attack at the show. Mm-hmm. Um. Bounced off the stage, left Rude Boy and DJ Carlito on stage while everybody was up on the stage for the last song. And that's pretty much the only confirmed thing that we can go off right now. Yeah, which I don't even think that's out of the ordinary for them to leave, to them to get exit the stage while the Juggalos get up there. Yeah, they do that all the time. 
yeah it's usually when they leave the stage so right. even that's kind of like how can you tell he had a panic attack just by looking but even if even if he did have a panic attack it's like that doesn't explain to me why they canceled the whole tour right and the first thing that was coming out was a uh, tour bus problems which now we can pretty much write that off as bullshit right, right? Yeah. i mean you wouldn't cancel a whole tour for that so no you can get a bus a replacement bus pretty easily you would think right so, um yeah so who knows and then and then people are saying like isham and violent J are having some kind of a beef who isham was on instagram live last night for oh, really? a good chunk of time hmm. he himself wasn't he just had the camera pointed out the van window bus window whatever just driving down the highway playing all sorts of like kind of depressing just random songs like i posted on twitter he was playing celine dion all by myself <laughs> like all right so he's he must be by himself he ain't with nobody right now wow i didn't know that yeah that's new information to me i yep. didn't fucking get on instagram i'm fucking i miss shit uh, most of the stories i get about instagram probably come from you posting them on twitter <laughs> like that whole d when he went on instagram live talking about cottonmouth kings right i probably would have totally missed that if you didn't catch it and put it on instagram or, yeah you gotta get on there because people go live people say shit um i try to record stuff just in case they something does happen people mm -hmm. say something but i was recording the isham thing last night and all he was doing was just playing celine dion all by myself wow what a bummer yeah so who knows and as far as like a like any kind of beef or something it's like i don't even weigh in on that because i have no fucking idea and i'm like i'm like a very skeptical person just in general like right. I don't really believe hardly jack shit unless I can confirm it myself. That's kind of a big thing for me. So in terms of rumors and shit, it's like I just wait until the official word comes out. But this this I I I understand people looking at it the way they are since this is now the second time in as many years that this has happened cuz this right. just happened with the malenko and friends tour up in canada. i believe that was just the canada dates but that was still not, not even a full year ago yeah and and there was a explanation for that at the time about his hearing aids fucking with them and stuff because their regular crew got stopped at the border so they had to just use like the in-house crew and the monitors were too loud and it fucked it with his hearing aids this was all shit the violent j tweeted right after it happened which is totally plausible but now happening a second time it's like okay <laughs> i mean something's going on may maybe i don't know maybe there's another plausible explanation and right. it's just a, it's two flukes two back-to-back -back flukes but i understand why people are looking at it with the crooked eye like that yeah absolutely i mean you're gonna cancel a second tour I mean, they just did the Hollow Wicked tour, mm -hmm. um, and that went off without a hitch. But to have another tour get canceled when you just had one canceled last year with no real explanation of why 
Yeah, the hearing aid thing. I don't know, the crew not getting into Canada. I mean, that makes sense. But for this, in the States, you got your crew with you. You got, I don't know, it's just very random, I think. Yeah, and there's... Uh, there's there's a lot of people on social media that like like you have you have you have two factions pretty much you have the people that just uh are just throwing out anything that they hear talking about it like it's fact saying this happened this happened this happened and uh i guess you have three factions because you have those people you also have just the shit talkers who are just saying well fuck this you guys are weak you can't do anything right anymore and then you have a group of people that get pissed off if you even ask what happened. Like right. you say, what's the deal with this? What's going on? And then people will tell you, hey, man, respect his mental health or whatever. It's like, I don't think I'm disrespecting his mental health just by wanting to know what's going on. All I'm doing is asking the question. Right. I don't, I don't think there's anything disrespectful about that. So I don't think there's anything wrong with people wanting to know what happened. But yeah, as far as rumors and shit go, I'm just I'm just not even not even weighing in, not even guessing really. But I don't know. Were you gonna go to that tour? Uh, I had ticket and VIP purchased, so that was I was, I was looking forward more to the E and J tour than I was the Tudo tour. Yeah. Uh, when they've gone on their solo tours. They didn't come anywhere near the East Coast, so I never had the opportunity to see them do solo shows other than Shaggy did the uh, FTFO tour, like, what, 10 years ago, 12 <laughs> years ago? So oh, I, mean, yeah. I, I saw him live solo, but the E&J tour I was especially looking forward to because last time I saw Isham a couple years ago back in my hometown, um, he played – he always puts on a really good set because he just has – so many classics, so many good songs. And the last show he played was probably the best set that I've seen him play. So I'm thinking I'm going to get another bomb-ass set from Isham, and then I'm going to get a solo Violent J set, which I know is going to be ICP songs, some random solo Violent J stuff, but and then hopefully some E&J collaborations. And when E&J collaborate, you know it's it's dope. When you see featuring Isham or Isham featuring Violent J, you know it's going to be a dope track off the bat because they push each other to the next level when they're collaborating on songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, usually. And um, yeah, I was going to go to to both of them, uh, the E&J and the T-Dope. They're both coming to uh, Dallas, which I'm in Oklahoma. Where are you located at? Um, I'm just outside of Boston. Right. So I was going to hit the uh, the Worcester shows. Hmm. Yeah, so I was going to go to the to the Violent J and the Shaggy ones. I you know, I was all I was already I didn't I hadn't bought a ticket yet. I'd scheduled a, the day off work and everything though. So I was committed to going, which now I guess I guess I can save that day off, but right. um I can still go to the shaggy one but here's here's another thing i don't know if people are talking about this but uh as as much as i i hate to put the bad energy out there i was thinking like if i had bought 
plane tickets to Juggalo Day, I would start to be getting worried right now. Because who the hell knows? Who knows if Juggalo Day is even going down? Right? I mean, it was supposed to happen right after the tour. Yeah, the tour was going to lead right. Both tours were going to lead right up to Juggalo Day, right? Yeah, so it's like, do we know for sure that Juggalo Day is even still happening? I mean, I I would hate... That's a good question. I haven't seen anybody raise that question yet. (laughs) Which, we're still still over a month to Juggalo Day, so it's like, whatever it is that went... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's up in the air at this point. I mean, it's almost... You're not... I don't know, it's kind of a liability at this point. (laughs) Yeah, a liability. That's a good word for it, because it's like, there's still plenty of time for whatever went wrong to get fixed what i mean so it's like i'm by no means i don't i don't even i think it's unlikely that anything would happen to juggalo day but it's not impossible it's enough to where if i would have spent like a few hundred bucks on plane tickets i'd start to be getting worried right now so i don't know they haven't even announced any details for juggalo day like almost at all very little as far as artists who are performing there right i mean yeah uh, icp is the only one off the top of my head that I can. That it's I can, weird that they're going to come out with like gathering information in the next couple of weeks, but we haven't heard anything about Juggalo Day. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So, I mean, I guess we can. can I guess we know that Light won't be performing at Juggalo Day since he's performing at the pre-party. I mean, I guess he he could do both, but right. I mean, I'm just assuming. I guess on that, but um, yeah. Let me. Did you go to the to the gathering, the uh, Oklahoma City gathering? Here's the thing: I've never been to a gathering. Oh, that stinks. That's, That's a, a drag. Um, um, this year, I've been saying it the last couple of years, but really this year, this will be the twentieth year. Mm. Um, right? Is it the tw- Is it the twentieth? Yes. Yeah. So. The 20th year, I really want to make it out there. I got to get to at least one. The only, the reason that I I asked is because uh, at the Oklahoma City gathering, Shaggy did a solo set and that gathering has kind of gone down as one of the weaker gatherings. And uh, I was there since like, like I said, I live in Oklahoma. So it was like an hour and a half drive to me. So I couldn't not go to that one. I was, I was so hoping that it would be awesome. But now, for the rest of my juggalo life, I have to hear, fuck Oklahoma, fuck Oklahoma. <laughs> that, was, that was the big chant that was going around. And people were saying it at the gathering, and people still say it. So it's like, fuck. They got that, that horrible impression. But even through all that, the the highlight of that gathering, just about everyone that was there agrees that that shaggy solo show at the gathering was like the best thing. And it was fucking awesome. It was on the late night stage, which if you haven't been to the gathering, maybe you don't really know how it's laid out, but you know, the main stage usually wraps up at like midnight and then the late night stage goes on till like four in the morning and shaggy closed out that late night stage and he just fucking rocked the house. DJ clay was back there doing his shit which did, did you say you were you were going to the shaggy tour was that is that i am of, yeah yeah so that'll be fucking awesome i'm looking saw, forward to because when when he did the ftfo tour um his first solo tour i mean 
it was just him and Clay on stage, and he killed it. Mm-hmm. Killed yeah. it. Didn't miss right. a word. Didn't miss a beat. No, that's what also what was so good about his gathering performance was like, yeah, he knows his shit really well, and I guess he did a he did a solo show at the DCG Con also, but I didn't go to that, but I heard that was good too. But uh, yeah, I was at that FTFO tour as well. That uh, came to Oklahoma City, and I don't know if you recall this, but the Axe Murder Boys opened for them. That was like oh, right man. after they got signed. People were hating on them so they bad. They were. They really were. I remember and, standing in the crowd, and they were just getting pelted with shit. People were oh, throwing. Uh, the crowds up here, especially back in the day, Worcester was known as like if if you sucked. They were gonna let you know. They were gonna boo you <laughs> off stage, and A and B. Oh man, they shitted on them so bad, so bad. How was the performance? Did they deserve it at all? The shitting. No, I mean, they were doing their thing. They right. were trying. Uh-huh. They, they're they're kids up there trying to do it, trying to win them over, and the people were not having it. They're just that's how it is. That's just a part of Juggalo culture, and it yeah. should be. Because there's too many people that try to like squeeze their way in here thinking that they're going to get over just because they rep Juggalo or rep Psychopathic. And right. it's up to the Juggalos to let them know that it's not that easy. Absolutely. So, yeah, they, uh, I, I, I always liked them. I mean, I, I thought that that um, Blood In, Blood Out, I thought that was a pretty fair debut. And we're kind of going all over the place here now yeah. on, on the topics. But, um, Whenever they, uh, whenever they opened for Shaggy on his tour, I remember they came out during uh, one of his songs. I wish I could remember which one it was off the top of my head. They came out during one of his songs and started doing like a synchronized kick stuff with Shaggy on stage. <laughs> I remember that. And the other thing I remember is that after the show, um, they hung out by the venue and like signed autographs and stuff and. We're talking to people, so I thought that was nice. That gave me a good impression of them. I mean, I you you got to put in that work like that, which these days, like as, as trendy as the VIPs are and shit, it kind of annoys me when like a new artist does a VIP because it's like I don't, I barely even want to meet you, let alone right. pay a hundred bucks to meet you. Exactly. I mean, that's why I thought it was dope. Ishan posted on Facebook maybe about a week ago or something, you know, before the tour got canceled. He's like, you you don't have to pay no money to meet me. I'm going to be at the merch booth all night. And when I saw him a couple years ago, before his set, he was at the merch booth. I got my picture with him, met him, cool dude. And it was dope that I don't have to pay money, even though I would for Ishan. Yeah, he's one dude that totally could charge for a VIP and people would pay it. And I, I just saw him at the uh, Malenko and Friends tour. That was uh, that was just not even a year ago. But he opened for ICP on that tour, and he was just at the merch booth hanging out and stuff. So yeah. that was cool. And um, yeah, I actually I saw Violent J solo as well. That was in 2015 on a really short tour that they did in like December of 2015 yeah it was supposed to be an icp tour but shaggy was having like back surgery or something yeah so it was violent j solo with jump steady as his hype man and 
the gimmick of that tour was that the JCW ring was out there too. So they had wrestling and stuff in between acts and uh the way they kept promoting it was like this is a violent j solo tour it'll never happen again violent j will never perform solo except for this tour that was how they they pimped it out so i drove like six hours to go see it and uh, the show was fine uh as far as crowds go it was pretty light but that doesn't bother me uh buckshot was there and Raza Kel and Willie D from the Ghetto Boys. Oh wow! Yeah, so that was cool. And then Violent J and Jump Steady doing uh, their shit, and uh, that yeah. was cool. But now they keep doing. Uh, <laughs> and whenever like after that, they did more Violent J solo yeah. shows, and then they did this tour. And so every time. There's a Violent J solo show now. I always think about like, damn, I fucking drove six hours to go see this show because I thought anytime, it was the only time. Yeah, anytime they say something, this will be the only time it's going to happen. Never going to happen again. You know, whatever. I kind of take it with a grain of salt. Like, eh, it, chances are it probably will happen again. Carnival of Carnage show, I believe that'll be a one-off because that's not really a great album anyway. It's a good uh, album, but... To see it live, would I want to see that live? Nah. Mm, I'd, I'd want to see it live, but that's a whole other fucking can of worms now because that was the $250 a ticket show. Where's the documentary? The Where the fuck is the documentary? It never comes up. Nobody ever asks about it. Right. No one ever says anything about and it. And that documentary, to me, sounds interesting as hell. Like mm-hmm. the third member of ICP that we really don't know anything about. No, other than, other than the little information from behind the paint and when he died a couple of years ago, they did that special uh, Juggalo show, I believe it was. Yes, and that that special is super interesting. And yeah. I didn't know any, like, there is so much to that that, I, that nobody knew. Right. And, I mean, that, that was just mind-blowing. And I've, I've watched that juggalo show episode a couple of times fortunately it's still archived on the internet so i mean even that that episode alone is like you could fucking put that on a dvd and sell it yeah uh yeah we need that documentary we need there's a whole backlog of shit now that gets denounced and then just doesn't come out and And I, I, i predicted on my own show the murder mayhem show Right after the gathering, the 2018 gathering, I said straight up, like, Looney Goons is never coming out. <laughs> um, what else? They announced, like, um, they they announced like three projects, and I was just saying, like, this is never coming out. This, right. That's never coming out. This is right. never coming out. Looney Goons, I'll be shocked. I'll, I'll be legitimately surprised if that ever comes out. It sounds like a kind of like a psychopathic writers like side group kind of deal. Sounds yeah. like a good idea, but will it happen? I mean, I do you remember Bloody Brothers from way back in the day? Oh, yo, man, I'm glad you brought that up because that was the other thing. At that seminar, he said uh Bloody Brothers. They're good. they said that they were going to put that out. Him and Shaggy were going to do it. And that was another thing that I said that's not going to happen. I mean, Bloody Brothers was announced what 2000 right. something like that. 
Which there's a part of that that no one seems to remember and never gets talked about, which is that when it was initially announced, I remember this very clearly, but there's no evidence of it. So all I have to go on is my memory. It was going to be Violent J and Mars, because that was when Mars uh, from Dark Lotus was still around. And I, I remember that it was Violent J and Mars. And then there was a, a point where Violent J's, I probably when Mars, you know, got ousted or whatever happened. Yeah. And then Violent J said that the idea of doing a CD without Shag, being in a group without Shaggy just sounded stupid to him anyway. So then he, at that point, he said it was going to be Jay and Shaggy himself and Shaggy doing it. But then, like you said, yeah, it just fizzled completely. And uh, those, those concepts, I believed, went to Boondocks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bloody Brothers became Boondocks. Boondocks, who did not have that gimmick whatsoever when he was turncoat dirty. Do you remember how Boondocks got signed? Yeah. You're pretty you're pretty up on your history. So yeah, it's not he was, being able to talk on this. He, he was on, remember? Yeah, he that was, was in the uh, underground psychos contest. Yeah. Uh turncoat dirty. It was like down south dirty like gangster shit. Right. Yeah, like Paul Wall or something. Right, right. And he didn't get very far in the competition, as I recall, but no. they heard it in his voice, like we can do something with him. So they just signed him anyway. And uh now he's just Boondocks. <laughs> now he's just Boondocks the Scarecrow. Yeah. Which I mean, he's still he's still I mean, he put out that turncoat dirty album on MNE. So, you know, he still fucks with that persona a little bit, but it's just kind of funny that it's like Okay, you were totally created in the lab, as opposed to like Twisted, who were like kind of on their way. You know, House of Crazies, they were like that's more of a collaboration, right? As uh, they as were a- all just throwing ideas out there, seeing right. what was seeing what was going to stick. Whereas Boondocks is just like totally created by psychopathic and you can say the same and- thing about Blaze. Yeah, I'm not. Su- yeah, yeah, you could. I don't know. Because um, like, before, before Blaze, I mean, he wasn't known. He had, you know, it came out after that he had that group with Scraps, mm-hmm. um, Two Crazy Devils, mm-hmm. and the recordings got leaked. But other than that, he was kind of same thing, creation. Yeah, but the only, the only reason, the only I draw, like, like Boondocks, though, was like, that that's like so that that gimmick is so out of left field compared to what he was doing. Whereas, you know, Blaze's gimmick, he's like the dead man and all, but like it's not as it's not as drastic. It's not a stark contrast like right. uh, with Moondocks, but uh, right, yeah. And then, uh, as we all know, of course, the Axe Murder Boys went on to win that competition, and uh, I liked that debut, the Blood In Blood Out. Did you have any thoughts about Blood In Blood Out? When that album came out, I got it. Um, I thought it was all right. It was a good, decent attempt. I didn't really understand all the hate that they were getting. Mm. I kind of just sat back and just kind of was amused by it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and from what you know, I remember people saying they they rigged the they rigged the contest, all this other shit. They were taking people's tokens putting them in the amp box or whatever oh that's funny <laughs> well i don't know anything about like straight up cheating but right uh, if you if you listen to uh 
this is kind of a deep poll, but if you listen to the Axe Murder Boys interview on the Kevin Gill show, which I believe is like one of the first episodes of the Kevin Gill show, his podcast, yeah, they go into how they won that competition and they say that the reason they won and the players lounge crew lost because the players round lounge crew was cocky and they were so sure they had it in the bag that they didn't do any campaigning for their shit. Whereas a and B went down there with like shirts and CDs. samplers. Yeah. yeah. Just like we're talking to people at the gathering the whole time and talking and that's why they won. And I respect that. So they deserve the win, which absolutely here, here we are now. How many fucking, that was what? 2004, Four? maybe. Yeah. 15 years ago. God. And now, my oh my how things have fucking changed oh drastically from that point yeesh way different plays lounge crews like not even a thing anymore yeah i thought, I thought for sure they were gonna win they were my favorite early yeah. on in that competition yeah they were good they definitely had skills um nope i don't even remember any of the groups that was like Man, it's hard to remember now. That was was that open to Juggalo voting as well, or was was it just them making the picks? I believe the only votes was the final the final vote between okay. PLC and A and B. Uh, Juggalos voted for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to remember. It was so long ago. I, just I remember, remember. I remember they would like post a song, and then everybody on Psychopathic would give their opinion about it, rate it, or whatever. Yeah. And I, I believe. Yeah, I don't remember the voting process throughout the whole competition. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> um, in uh, that Fago Lovers interview that ICP did in 2017, right after uh, MNE signed Young Wicked and stuff, Violent J said that Twisted hated Axe Murder Boys because they never took them seriously since they won their contract in a contest, which was part of the whole thing about like, why it's fucked up that they ended up signing them and all that stuff. I mean, that was his point talking I, about that. But to me, hmm. the distance between A and B and Twisted up until Young Wicked signed, I always thought that there was some kind of beef that wasn't spoken on. Hmm. They never collaborated. You never see them talking to each other or anything. So I believe there's some validity validity behind what he said i believe it and especially after twisted left even there was even more tension because young oh, wicked yeah. would young wicked would make comments and stuff that mm-hmm. on his slaughter album where it's like some of that stuff seemed like it was directed at twisted and Absolutely. Day, that interview said that it was but i remember even on stage at the gathering that year for one thing they were joking about uh that was let's see that was 2017 and so uh god it's fucking it's hard to remember all the all the <laughs> all the all the data now but um it was whatever year that boondocks left or that icp announced at oh, their yeah. seminar that boondocks had signed to mne and uh young wicked was right there on the stage with them and icp were making jokes about like yeah, next year you're gonna see this guy's Hatchet Man charm on eBay, <laughs> and he was up there like saying, "No, man, you know, <laughs> like yeah. that was his whole thing was like, no, I'm the guy now," because he was like 
It was his shot. It was his time to fucking come out. Everybody was gone. And he had the t- he now possesses the talent where he can be that guy. He was totally positioned to be that guy. And like his beats are like really good. I feel mm-hmm. like his beats on on the missing link, which by the way, that's something that we have some common ground on, by the way. You go as far as to call the missing link albums trash, which I don't I don't get that harsh with it, but yeah. uh I would uh, call them the weakest pair of albums that ICP has ever done as far as like main studio, especially Joker's cards, but like oh yeah, just as far as all their studio LPs, their main releases, for sure the two weakest. And uh, But Young Wicked's beats on there, like some of them are, I, I say borderline Mike Clark level. Not not quite Mark, Mike Clark level. I know it's big words, but like... Right. Some I mean, of that he stuff. has that chemistry with them. He he works really well with them. And he's a fan. Those right. dudes are like diehard fans, or they were. Right. That's another thing. Like, what, if, you, if you listen to that Kevin Gill interview, it's like, those dudes have been fans longer than me. And I've been a fan for almost 20 years now, which these days, now, now the, you have fans that have been down for like 25, 30 years. But right, right. those dudes have been down since Malenko which is more than I can say. So it's like, you know, they, they had it in their, in their blood to put in, put in that work. But I mean, you know, you, whatever. he had the beats. You could hear his voice on a lot of the hooks on the, on those albums too. Yeah. He was which, positioned to be that next guy. You probably hear his voice a little too much on some of those tracks, but beats yeah. Were good. Yeah, his yeah. Productions, his productions dope. I mean, I put out a, I put out an episode where I just said, Hey, this dude's the best in the underground right now. My I don't opinion. know about that, but he does have, he does have the talent. Uh, just a point of fact. I also want to establish that. Yeah, it is incredibly fucked up what he did as far as all he's the, not the he's not the only guilty party though, but I get it. I just want to put that out there because it sounds like I'm like on his nuts or something, but I just want to put it out there. Yeah, it is fucked up what he did. So just so everyone knows what, what page we're on. I don't, I don't condone, uh, I don't condone that shit at all, but, uh, uh, (laughs) um, God, so many, so many branches of conversation to talk about. Oh yeah. Listen to their, uh, Muerte album. Uh, one of my favorite albums last year pretty good it's not bad it's not something that i plan on listening to repeatedly but uh it was good for for it was everything that it should have been as far as uh best in the underground right now i'm gonna give that one hands down to axe see i i said that before i i don't it was right around the time a la zulu album came out the only reason why I'd probably still put Young Wicked above them is just because he does all his own shit, production, engineering. But I mean, those Ala Zuli Lu boys are fucking fire. Like they're just so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't know who did their production until I bought the album and looked in the notes. I I thought I would have guessed that it was like a like an ICP Mike Clark situation, I would have guessed just from listening to it that like they had their guy and right. that was their guy, but they they work with several producers. So 
that album to me that makes that album even more impressive because it has the sound like it was all produced by one yeah. guy that was that was my take just listening to it so yeah, yeah they go for that like dark boom bat and right. it's like it's like real the, 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 the real dope thing about them is like it's real hip-hop but horrorcore is fuck mm-hmm. and it's just mm-hmm. like they blend it so well together and better than i mean like on a boom bap hip-hop pure kind of like hip-hop kind of sound i don't think anybody's done it like that or not even nearly as good as that no and uh i i actually met them at a twisted's fright fest tour that was uh god that was just october right so that was just a few months ago and uh i did the axe uga vip yeah. <laughs> mne that's a lot of initials um and i got to meet uh axe as well as uga which i'd met those dudes before but um uh axe i told them like the reason this cd is so fucking good especially compared to the other horror core artists that are out there right now is it's not an imitation it's not right. trying to be ICP. It's not trying to be twisted. It's not trying to be Tech Nine, and and, and every track is hard. Every they're, song, every song is hard. Not only are they good, but they're all hard. <laughs> like right. like a lot of times, uh, an artist will put out they'll they'll at least be like one or true like one or two like soft tracks or emotional tracks, emo tracks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, on that song, every or on that CD, every song is just going for the throat, and, and it they're rapping their asses off on if there I, too. If I had to, they are they're they're great lyricists, and if I had to compare it to anybody, it would be Esham, but yeah. not even not even Esham because it's it's so its own thing. Right. Yeah. They they took that gimmick, the Leatherface gimmick, mm-hmm. which if I seen if the music wasn't so good. I would just write it off as another shitty horrorcore group. Well, even even the masks is like, thank you for not just painting your fucking face because I'm different. so played out on that. Yeah, performing in those masks has got to be a pain in the ass, and it's cool how all three of the masks look the same. So it's like it's really difficult, and they have like the same build, so it's hard yeah. to tell who is who. Right. They wear the uh, the work shirts with their names on them. That's like they're. Uh, their gimmick for their it's the only way you can tell them apart <laughs> it's so awesome because i've never seen that done and their music what? videos are like you know low-key directs those videos and he just he always produced bomb ass videos and it's just especially that axis family video just reminds you of a horror movie like just dope just really good yeah good production values on that I don't, yeah, they must have thrown some money behind that one. The, the second video, the forever face, that was more like, that was more of an underground low. That was kind of what you expect to see in an underground video right. as far as budget and shit. But, um, yeah, that video is, uh, is good. And I didn't really fuck with AXE really at all before the almighty. I really didn't. And, uh, Chuck Reeves actually gave me some shit about that because I guess he's like he's been like a diehard AXE fan since before right. they got signed. So he yeah, kind of gave me some some shit about being a bandwagon fan. But what I I've told been, him was like I was like, isn't that the whole point of them signing to MNE is to get new fans? Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the same, you know, I've been like Chuck, I've been listening to them for a couple years now since they put out Psycho Volume 1. Mm-hmm. And I was hearing their name before that with the Head of Horn CD. And I see, you know, they'd be opening up for ICP, Twisted, playing one of those very early beginner opener slots. And just kind of, but after after a while, you just keep hearing their name, keep hearing the name. It's like, all right, I got to listen to it. What is this about? And then YouTube it, see the, uh, well, I think it was the In the Trunk video. And I'm like, all right, these dudes are hip-hop as fuck, but it's horrorcore. So I buy buy the albums, and Necronomicon after that came out. And these dudes are dope. And when they were, M&E was teasing the, the another artist being signed with the videos, I'm like, I really hope it's these dudes. These dudes, these dudes need that... Pu- need that push. They need to be put in more people's faces because they're just so talented and just so fucking good. Yeah. And, uh, at the gathering, the 2018 gathering, Monoxide had said, yep. yes, there'll be an MNE artist there. So everyone was kind of like looking over the schedule and, uh, that was the talk. That was like the rumor of the gathering was that AXC were the, were the guys. So it was kind of like getting out there a little bit and uh, they performed at the gathering. I didn't see them. Uh, I've actually, I never saw them until, uh, until I went to that Fright Fest tour. But like you said, they're just those dudes that you hear the name so many times. Even their name is fresh. All Azul Elu. You're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Not like people were saying that they were the new uh, MNE artists, but they couldn't even fucking pronounce the name. Right. All along, Zol, it's like it's hard to say. It's dope uh, as fuck because it's just so original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like how do they come up with that shit? Is that is that just made up words or is that like some real devil shit? Uh, I've seen somebody say, I forget what language it is, but it's like a obsolete language that nobody uses, like Latin oh, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But it is a real thing. That's and it, awesome. I guess it roughly translates to long live evil. Oh, really? And yeah. it just happens to spell out axe. Yep. <laughs> right. That's awesome. And uh they did an interview with uh Fresh is the Word podcast, which that was, was a dope it. That was a good interview. And yeah, and they they said it all the time, like ICP were our influences. ICP twisted dark, dark lotus. lotus and uh Man, you can really hear the influence um, on that AXE track, Dead, which to me just sounds like a remake of the Dead one from Ringmaster. That is totally paying homage to that track. Like, There's no doubt. I even yeah. I talked to Scotty D about this as well. It's just like, that's just, yeah, okay. So it's just unanimous then. <laughs> like, yeah. That's something that everybody understands. Absolutely. Like, And that's a dope remake. Uh it wasn't announced as a remake or anything like that, but when I heard it, I'm like, wait a minute, where have I heard this? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is the dead one on fucking Ringmaster. And they yeah. killed it. Yeah, it's gotta be. And uh and credit to Twisted because they I could have nixed that. I'm not talking shit, but you know if a, if a psychopathic artist tried to cover like a, let's just say like an HOK song or something. 
if you had like an image or a psychopathic artist trying to cover murder, murder, murder or something, right. it would not happen. No, nope. <laughs> it would not happen. Violent J would say, fuck, fuck no, for sure. So, you know, obviously, Twisted's not sweating it like that. What I want to see is uh, Venomous Five, the album. I don't, as far as I know, that hasn't even been talked about, but an EP or something, dude, Monoxide and Madrox sound sounded so good over that kind of beat i'm like yeah. yes and they killed it they killed their verses right yeah like it's rare that like the feature just well <laughs> it goes without saying it's just yeah it's it's fucking fucking they they brought their top level a game old school twisted type shit to that they didn't oh, try yeah. any any tricks or anything they just no just did some fat raps so I'm going to go ahead and say that I'll be surprised if Fred Fury is better than the Almighty. I think the Almighty is going to be the bar for a long time. That's the standard right now. I would say so. That's a, Until that album came out, I probably would put Abominations as that bar because when that album came out that like it was like a reinvented twisted monoxide was rapping like he never rapped before mm-hmm. and yeah definitely. but the ala zuli lu album that's the new you got to try to make an album better than that and that's going to be <laughs> fucking hard yeah it will be and uh fred before before the wtf single would have come out i probably would have said that fred fury was uh the prime candidate for that but the wtf single i think is is fine but it's not it's not almighty level in my no it's not it's a it's a cool song um i want to hear it with the rest of the album i've Mm. never i've never liked listening to just one icp song like if they release a song ahead of time even twisted i don't really like listening to just I want to consume the whole album because it's going to fit in there somewhere. It's going to go into the next track and the, the track before it. There's going to be set up for it. But I'd be really, really surprised if Fearless Fred Fury was better or even just as good as The Almighty. It already, I mean, I, I'm not hating. No, <laughs> I either. I have to put that disclaimer on everything because you fucking know how <laughs> juggalos can be. I'm not right. hating. But it already can't be because WTF is like not good enough. Right. Whereas on the Almighty, every track is at least an eight, and most of them are a nine or a ten. Yeah. And I would call WTF like a six. So it already can't. Even if all the other songs are great, it already can't be as yeah. good as Almighty. Maybe that's harsh. Maybe every other song will blow me away. But uh, we didn't even talk about the uh, the brother EP. Oh yeah, that's right. That just dropped uh, leaked to YouTube the other day. Yeah, the Ian. Which, if you got your hands on one of those brother uh, EPs, then uh, that's the only that reason why I got the v- VIP. I'm a collector. I'm like, I need those small, CDs. Yeah. yeah, and um, I think that my my I I thought I thought okay, <laughs> stumbling over my thoughts here. I was expecting the brother EP to maybe be like a taste of Fred Fury, 
And it was not that. It was clearly just some random shit, except for maybe that first track, the right. one about uh, whatever he got his head blown off or whatever, you know. That to me sounds like it could have been, it could be a cut track from Fred Fury. And if it is, it's like, okay, just like WTF, it's good, but it's not. It's better than WTF, I think. It, it is. It, yeah, it is. I would agree with that. But um, it's hardly what I was hoping for, which was like the second coming of Malenko. Like I was thinking that Fred Fury was going to be like the fucking this set of Joker's cards, Riddle Box or whatever. Right, you know? right. But it's not that. And like you said on your podcast, it can never be that without Mike Clark. You it need can't. Mike Clark to be on that level. You can't do it. You just can't. There would have been a time where I would have where I would have said maybe you can, but I'm gonna go ahead and agree with you on that one and say you can't. Even with the new set of Joker cards, listen to uh, Bang Pow Boom, Mighty Death Pop, and then you go into Missing Link. The the sound that he gives them, yeah, those albums. People say they're more happy albums, but I mean, there's some dark shit on those albums. And the sound that he gives them, even go back to the six Jokers card, Mike P nailed it because I, I don't know. I don't even know how he did it on that six Jokers card. Get the chemistry with them like that. I was surprised without Mikey Clark because that was their most important album. But other than the Wraith, anything that they've done that wasn't produced by Mikey Clark doesn't really sound like ICP. The closest that they came was with that young wicked <laughs> stuff on yeah. uh, missing link. Yeah. Like, um, uh, can't, I'm trying to remember which ones were uh, young wicked beats, uh, lost at the carnival. I'm 99% sure off the top of my head was a young wicked beat. And that's like as close as you can get to riddle box without being riddle box or without being Mike Clark. That was one of the, the missing link tracks that I actually really like a lot. So, uh, I mean, maybe seven could do some things to get, I mean, I, and I like seven's production. I like Kuma's production a lot. I like, uh, Mike P's production a lot. The beats for the most part, were not the, the problem with the missing link. In my opinion, I just thought they seemed a little bit lazy. I mean, the beats on, on found are superior to uh to lost in my opinion but um yeah i mean you could have a you could have a great icp album without mike clark but you can, you can. never get possible. Mike clark you can never get mike clark level no you can't i mean and straight jacket I, I so far i don't think is going to be that dude so far but i mean we'll i want to know who they're getting production like there's so little information about this album I'm coming fairly, out. I'm fairly sure that it's only straight jacket. I can't. I, yeah. I thought he was just engineering. Is he a producer? Yeah, as far I, but I, I can't remember well enough why I think this to point to uh to point because I know they brought him after Young Wicked left to be like engineer and mix their shit. I guess he's really good at it. I know he did. I think he did the uh, shapeshifter. He, uh, EP mm. with ABK. Uh, yeah, and Young, Young Wicked did some of those beats as well. Yeah, uh, 
shapeshifter ep but there's so little information about this album like we know isham has been in the picture recently right is he gonna have production on here i mean he should have fucking done the whole thing sorry to cut you off but that, that's where i would have went with it without mike clark get isham to do the whole thing get but- somebody that you have that good chemistry with Mm-hmm. Ishan would be a good fit. I mean, on the brother EP, he was right when he did that uh, jacking for beats track, right? And he was rapping over twenty four seven. That sound is so fucking good, and that beat's fucking twenty five years old. <laughs> yeah, totally. And uh, yeah, so yeah, get, get Ishan, get someone that you have chemistry with. I had a thought there, but I lost it. Yeah. Um, Brother EP, what did you think? Uh, oh, no, here's what I was going to say. Um, the Judgment Day, the Esham cover that they put out for Hollow, or yeah, for Hollow Wicked. Yeah. To me, that, and again, I'm just assuming that that was a cut track from Fred Fury. I don't know. It's purely speculation on my part. That is way better than WTF to way the extent better. to where if, if that was the first single instead of WTF, I would be way more on board and I'm, I mean, I'm already way on board, but like, right. Then I, then I would still be in that zone of like, this could be the next great ICP album. Cause I like that judgment day cover a lot. That was like a, a worthy cover of the original. I went into it super skeptical. Cause I mean, covers are covers. They are what they are, but they killed it with that. The I production was fun. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I, I agree with if they let off with that instead of WTF, I'd be like, all right. So we're definitely working with Esham right now. Mm-hmm. And this is the type of shit we're going to get on this album. All right, let's go. Yeah. And first and foremost, like while I, I made the claim that it already can't be as good as the almighty, I'm going to go ahead and also make the claim that it's already guaranteed to be better than both of the missing link albums just by virtue of the fact that it's loud and angry and in your face, which is the shit that I've been missing. Yeah. Rage. Bring back the rage. Bring back the anger. I would rather take a a crappy, angry song than more fucking do your best bullshit, (laughs) which is like, I like that shit, but I've heard enough of it. Like I like homies is a good, is a great, is a good song, but I don't need another homies. I don't need more homies. Right. I don't need enough, and I like I like Juggalo Island a lot from uh, Bang Pow Boom. That's kind of a, a divisive track. I like it a lot. I don't need more of it. I like right. the, I like the track Found from Found. That's probably the best song on all of Found is the song Found. But I don't need more of it. I've had enough of it. It's time to get back to the yelling, which is yeah. With so missing, far, with Missing Link, they were just trying to recapture moments. Hmm. To me, that's what it sounded like. They were trying to recapture moments, and it didn't work. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting take. Missing Link always founded to me sounded to me like um like like Found was the album they really wanted to do, and they just put Lost out so that people wouldn't bitch about another happy album. Right, that's how it sounded to me. Lost sounds rushed compared to Found. Like uh, the neighbors are fighting on Lost. It's like, come on. How long did yeah. that song take to make? Yeah, I mean, it, the thing is, you name these songs, and I, I don't even know because I didn't 
I didn't listen to it that much. <laughs> well, that's uh, I don't want to go as far as to say uh, you're not missing anything because there are right. some good ones on. I there. tried put. I at one point I did try putting together like a little playlist on my iTunes, and I think I got like maybe eight songs between Lost, Found, and the outtakes. <laughs> that's I was sad. like, damn, man! Like I got an EP out of three albums. There. Uh, yeah, and. Like when it comes to ICP, even if I think the album is weak, I'll just repeatedly listen to it over and over again just to make sure that I have it all embedded in my head. But uh, do you remember that uh, Phantom EP that came out right after uh, yeah. Found? I guess it. I guess it was right after Found. That EP is way better than both of the Missing Link albums. Agreed. I, I, I went into that with low expectations because I was like, man, we just got three albums. Now they're putting out an EP. Like, there's no way they're putting out this much music. And it could be quality. But that EP was definitely better than Missing Link. Even the short version and the longer version. Because they they first put out a shorter version of that Phantom EP at that gathering. At the found right. gathering. That was 2015. At their seminar, they gave they gave out the Phantom EP. And then re-released it a few months later with some more songs on it. Both versions of that EP, even the one that's only five tracks, is better than both of the Missing Link albums. So I agree. That's kind of what I was hoping for out of the next Joker's card, but I don't know. I think uh, it's tough to call because we got the WTF song, which is an alright song, and then we get Judgment Day, which is a really good song, and then I think. The first track on the Brother EP is a really good song. I really like that song. I was bumping it earlier today before we started the show just so I can get more right. listens of it. And I think that's a really good song. Even track three on there where it's like kind of like a Doors kind of... I like yeah. that better than WTF. Mm, that's interesting. I didn't really like that one too much. The Rise no. of the Doors one. Uh, I'll tell you weirdly <laughs> and i've been excited to talk about this because i think it's going to make a lot of people wonder what the fuck i'm smoking the i on that brother ep the track i like the most is that best friend song oh that, no oh <laughs> <laughs> nice i'm glad you disagree with that <laughs> because yeah. i feel very strongly about this that's the song that i've listened to way more than every other track like i've That's listened funny i listened to that brother ep like twice when it came out and then uh i listened to that first track a couple of more times and then i listened to that best friend song like eight times <laughs> and that <laughs> it's only been out for like two days but i don't know something about it i really latched onto. it's it's a uh, it's touching in a retarded kind of way <laughs> like as it's stupid funny that it's funny that he made it. He's like, this is my best friend. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, is this a joke or is this for real? But it's for real. Yeah. Is is this a joke was the thought that was constantly running through my head the first time I listened to it. Because the song is six and a half minutes long. Right. And so the whole time you're listening to it, you're like, where's the joke? And right. then it ends and you're like, oh, there was no joke. It was real. He truly loves his best friend. Right. And to me, as a as an expert on the song now, having listened to it like eight times, I feel quite confident that the song is about Shaggy. It could be about... Oh, it absolutely is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Because the first it's, time, I, I thought maybe it could have been like a jump steady thing. And then the closer I listen to the lyrics, there's 
he talks about like backyard wrestling and stuff like that and he even yeah. says like he says stuff like if there's something that i can't tell my brother or my mother then there's only one man that will never judge me or something right. like that so i don't know as stupid as the song is i thought it was touching how uh it, like if you if you stack that song up against like the ruby song and the jj song and the Zug Island song that he did write for Jump Steady and the mom song, the best friend song is like the most emotional of all those songs. <laughs> the one that's about Shaggy to me feels the most sincere. That's that song funny. is six and a half minutes, and I feel like he could have done like 20 minutes on it just because he clearly is, he feels very strongly about right. it. But uh, yeah, I, to me, as. And, and and what did I just say like 10 minutes ago? Like I'm played out on the happy bullshit. And yet that was the one that was like, oh, right. this is my jam. <laughs> like yeah. that's the takeaway track from that album. But uh, I'm sure there'll be nothing like that on Fred Fury. But uh, thankfully so. I would not by any means want to hear that on Fred Fury. But yeah, I hope not. That uh, That first track, <laughs> that first track, which probably is closer to what we're going to hear on Fred Fury. My issue with that song and WTF is the production is just too much. I want yeah. it to be scaled back. Like that's what that's what Mikey Clark could bring. Like he simplifies it. Scaled back. Just keep it simple. There's just uh, it's just too much. Yeah. I felt like the production on the first track of the brother EP wasn't heavily layered like WTF now that I'm thinking about it. Cause I really didn't think about it like that. I thought the beat was, there's a lot going on, but fucking it's hard. I don't know. It, it's a lot harder than WTF. Yeah. I would, it's not as layered and it is better than WTF. And if WTF could make it on the album, then that song probably should have made it on the album too. But, uh, I mean, if that, if that, if that's a cut track to me, and that's a good fucking song, and that's a cut song. Okay, maybe it gives me a little bit of hope. For... Yeah, but the flip side of that is that maybe you'll listen to Fred Fury and say, why the fuck did they include such and such track, but they left off that track? Right. Like, a lot of people liked the uh, Missing Link outtakes more than the Missing Link albums, which I'm, I disagree with that, but a lot of people felt that way. And there certainly are some tracks on the outtakes that are like definitely better than some of the stuff on the album. <laughs> so I don't know who makes these decisions. Oh, ICP does, I guess, obviously, but uh, right. it's the, sometimes, sometimes I wonder how they, how they whittle it down like that. But uh, so yeah. And then the, well, then there's the jacking for beats and then there's the, which is good, but I'll probably never listen to that again either. It's cool. There's like, like the Missy beat. Uh, there's a couple beats I don't know where they are, but yeah, the I'll, Missy one's good. I remember there's a there's a notorious Big one is the yeah, first one. The Esham one that that was probably the dopest one. That was the dopest part in the song, I think. Yeah, I really only recognize the old school one. Some of the beats on there I really liked when they probably come from god awful artists. I heard that there was like a Takeshi Six Nine beat on oh, there. Oh yeah, yeah. There's Takeshi screaming on it too. Okay. He, um 
I don't know. I thought that was funny. I'm like, I'm surprised he even knows what this is. <laughs> it's probably because of fucking Ouija, Mac. I bet Ouija. Probably. Ouija on uh, the tour bus bumping fucking Takashi 69. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, a good segue into the other EP that dropped the uh, Igama de Trubra. Water yeah. damage. The name. Water damage backwards. Yeah. Igama de Trubra. Um, yeah, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, picked up right where water damage left off. I thought that's about right. Yeah, uh, some of that stuff had come out before uh, Dead Body Man Three. Obviously, yeah, that yeah. was obviously one that come out. Some of that stuff had come out on his SoundCloud. One okay. of them is one of the bonus tracks on the physical copy of Water Damage, but and is also on the SoundCloud, which I have the water. <laughs> I'm looking at this because I have it. Yeah, on me. Yeah, bitch. My only gripe with. Oh, both the, of them. Both of the bonus tracks are on are on that. Okay. So, anyway. Yeah, my only gripe with the EP and Water Damage is the mix. The mix on it, the volumes fluctuate. Um, guest appearance, guest appearances coming super fucking loud. But I mean, right on. Totally. But it wasn't mixed so bad that it makes it unlistenable. It sounds it's like still someone, totally listenable. It sounds like people just like sent him the vocals and they just layered it on there, which yeah. is like as opposed to having someone in the studio with you, it's gonna sound a lot better. But yeah, mixed very uh, amateurish, I would say. Yeah. But for I mean, it does that kind of music, you know, reminiscent of like Suicide Boys, where they kind of go for like a lower, hmm. a lower. No, I don't really want to say lower quality, but it's just not. They want that rough kind of mix to it, which I get. It's that kind of style of music, but mix the mix the guest vocals just a little bit better. Yeah, well, for a thirty-four-year-old man like me, it's like I'd rather it just sound good than sound trendy. But Ouija Mac is up on all the fucking trends. He's very much part of the youth culture. Oh, so and, and he's killing it, dude. The merch drops. The dude fucking put out. Two albums in like a year compared to Light, who's been on the label for over two years now and only has one EP. And nobody can give me a satisfying explanation as to why that is. I don't like, think it's totally his fault. I'm, I'm but, sure it's not. But, but now if, he has his own studio and he's been posting on Instagram and that he's in the studio working on shit, so... It clearly can't be his fault when this has been a recurring problem with every artist Psychopathic has ever had, except right. Twisted. Even Blaze, how long was he on fucking Psychopathic? Like uh, like 11 years or something? Oh, yeah. And he put out four albums? Granted, yeah, one he album like every three or four years. He was also on Lotus and Riders and stuff, so that kind of stacks up the catalog a little bit. But like Blaze had four albums... ABK has been on for fucking like 18 years or whatever the fuck. And he's had four albums on Psychopathic. He's had Native World, of course. Uh, Fucking Big Hoodoo has been on since how long now? 2016, probably. Or 15, maybe. Sounds about right. And he's had two albums, which is like... That's okay, but he's kind of put. He's due for one. He's definitely 
do for one at this point, or he's going to end up like ABK with the lack, no fucking music, albums. the lack of music that comes out of psychopathic is it's not like it used to be back. In, it, yeah. Back from like, I'd say what? 2001 till up and twisted left albums were constantly coming out constantly. And, and the- yeah, you only have a few albums from blaze and ABK, but you had twisted, ICP, Dark Lotus, Riders, um, Zuggai. Space. Those yep. would come out from time yep. to time. Uh, so DJ, DJ Clay mixtapes. That's going sure. a little further down the line, but um, yeah, the only LP of new material that came out through all of 2018 was Gutterwater. It's nuts. The other releases were like Hell's Cellar, which is fucking awesome in my opinion. Sidebar, do you have any thoughts on Hell's Cellar? Uh, it was, it, it's an outtake album for a reason. Uh, I don't know. Some of that shit could have been on Hell's Pit in my opinion. Some of that shit could have been cut. A couple, from a couple of the tracks I do like, but I really haven't listened to it that much. Oh, really? Well... I would recommend it because to, I, I every track there was only one on there that I didn't like aside from Big Bad Wolf. Every track on there was killer. Maybe not, maybe not all Hell's Pit quality, but uh, I don't think Hell's Pit is a perfect album by any yeah, means. I was just gonna say that I wasn't really a huge fan of Hell's Pit. Anyway, there's some good songs on there. Don't get me wrong, but overall, nah. I. I like it. I like it better than Shangri-La, but uh, it's not perfect. There's definitely room. If you were going to make some cuts and stuff, there's there's some room to cut some shit, and uh, some of the stuff on Hell's, Hell's Cellar would have fit in on there. So, at any rate, uh, Hell's Cellar came out in 2018. You also had uh, that weird Misery re-release, which I bought and have not listened to. Oh, really? <laughs> I heard it was good. Have you listened to it? Uh, I've always liked Misery. Uh, I like him. I remember back in the day when he got dropped from the label. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, you got like a real hip hop dude on the label, and he can actually rap. Um, to me, the, the re released um, album, I, it doesn't sound like those songs came from 1999 to me. Oh, really? Only because I followed Misery's career after he left. I have his albums, you know, Four Faces, Bad Influence. Uh, what else did he put out? I can't think right now, but it sounds later than 99, 98, 99 Misery to me. It sounds, it, it definitely sounds like newer Misery to me. Okay. Oh. And then what about the Demon Angel? Because I didn't listen to, to either one of those. Uh, both of them, good. Oh, okay. Yeah, I heard it was good. I enjoyed I it. Yeah. Never got around to it. Yeah. So, but st- again, though, if we're talking about like new psychopathic albums, it's like that's another one with an asterisk next to it because it's like an, right. an old album with some new shit on it. And then uh, there was a uh, gutter water. And, and then, man, is is that it? Was that everything Psychopathic put out last year? Yeah, they didn't put out much music last year. Yeesh. You had the Willoughby Rags bag of poop. Oh, yeah, and that CD sucked. There's, like, nothing salvageable from that CD. 
I didn't listen to it only because I did hear it was so bad. Oh, I have it actually. It's been sitting in my car ever since the gathering. That's I never funny. even took it out and put it in the put it in my collection. I guess I should. Uh, yeah, that CD sucked. And uh, oh, there was another another one um, that came out last year, <laughs> or it either came out last year or 2017. But it's the one that's called like the Hurricane of Diamonds. Oh, it's called okay. like Hurricane of Diamonds yeah. 17 or whatever. I don't remember if it actually came out in 17 or not, but uh, I mean that that I don't uh, that CD is not even bad, but it's not new music. It's all shit that came out in 2017, including right. my favorite track, the Juggalo Love Cipher. But uh, <sighs> there's some good shit on there. It's like a six foot seven foot is on there, which I think is a great song, or at least a good song, and. Uh, no type for life. That song sucks, but it's funny. So anyway, that CD yeah, has that kind of shit on there. I but. didn't hear that album either. It's probably on YouTube and shit, but I don't really. Sure. There's nothing new on it, so you've probably heard. I don't. I don't think there's anything new new on it. I think everything on it came out somewhere else before. But uh, yeah, I just want to see more music being consistently yeah. released. That's the Honestly, number one ABK thing we need to do this year. Whether it's Shapeshifter or not, we need a new AB, official ABK album. Yeah, he's doing yeah, stuff, which, but it's like collaborations. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Real yeah. ABK album. That Shapeshifter EP that he put out was really fucking good. It is. I agree. It's really fucking good. And uh, like even some of the, track, the tracks on there, which... Uh, you watched ABK on that Wicked 101. I did, right? Yeah, and uh, he talked a little bit about what he's got coming up and stuff. But he has said before that that Shapeshifter album has Young Wicked production on it, and that's why it's not coming out on Psychopathic. He could put it out on Native World. That's what he said. He said he could put it out on Native World. He said all that on a Replicon. That was 2017. They did like a hour-long interview with abk and he kind of talked about some of that kind of stuff so yeah new abk definitely needed in some form uh I, I hopefully he's on the like uh we we're talking before the show a little bit uh according to jump steady on the juggalo show last week there's a new cypher coming out they said oh, there yeah. was a cypher that was filmed at hollow wicked which was abk at hollow wicked I don't think he was. Didn't he say on the Wicked One Hundred One show? I'm trying to remember. I don't, I don't think remember. he was. Though. He, he might have done like a pre-party or something. I don't know. They said that. Uh, either way, there's a new cipher coming out, so hopefully, ABK's on that. But maybe he's he's probably not. Yeah, I mean, the the lack of information that comes out, we just don't know. <laughs> Just what know. is what anymore we just don't know <laughs> what is what and uh that new hoodoo song was awesome though that i i even tweeted out that that new hoodoo song is better than wtf not a big hoodoo fan but um he was rapping his ass off on that track yeah hoodoo's kind of a divisive guy he seems like a lot of people He's like still in that phase, like what we were talking about with the Axe Murder Boys, how people were just like throwing shit at them. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Hoodoo is still in that zone where it's like people people look at him as untested or whatever, probably because he only 
has two albums out. I was just going to say there's not enough music to go by at this point yet. Yeah. So, I don't know. In a world where Ouija Mac can put out fucking four albums in one year or whatever it was, right. I don't get why nobody else can. But I don't know. I think they're it changing. Seems like, it seems like they're giving them the freedom to, hey, you want to put music out? Do it. ABK's putting out music. Ouija's putting out music. So they can put out music that isn't directly under Psychopathic. But, I mean, yeah. he has the Hatchet Man on his cover. So he's still repping. Right. Um, and the new Hoodoo shit is... Uh, the new Hoodoo shit kind of confuses me because it's a uh, ear drug music and if you go to the ear drug music website the only thing on there is that big hoodoo song so that's like their only song which makes me wonder if that's like his shit i was just gonna say it sounds like it's probably his thing like we yeah. with rotten cake have you looked into that at all i don't really know what that is either somebody told me that rotten cake isn't even a label but i don't know if i agree with that because all of the new ouija max shit has like a copyright by rotten cake on it like if you look at uh water damage on spotify it says copyright rotten cake so obviously it's some kind of a yeah trash fire had it has it as a copyright too yeah so not super sure what that is but I don't know. Ouija's doing something right because dudes put out like six videos already from gutter water. And they're all quality videos. Yeah, they're all quality videos. So I don't know where he's getting this money from. Right. Is he really like a it's hot seller like that? It's I mean, I bought drops. his shit. He drops. He has those limited merch drops. He's mm -hmm. put out merch drops with Chucky Chuck from DGAF. Mm -hmm. And they're charging like $30, $40 a shirt, something like that. So the price mark's higher. It's limited, super limited edition shit, and people buy it. I mean, he's getting he's he's getting money from that for sure. Even the uh, the water damage, I bought the physical. It's literally just sitting right here because I was talking about it on the last episode of my show. Uh, this was twenty dollars, and it's yeah. like a mixtape that's like like you said, not even mixed that good. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, and most of these songs have, have been already released on a. Uh, on soundcloud and as you can see it's like there's nothing to this like this is all that it is right and uh yeah that was 20 bucks plus like another six bucks for shipping or whatever so it's like i'm happy to do it <laughs> but right. like yeah i mean like, yeah like you said i guess that that would explain uh where his income is coming coming from yeah those drops. he deserves it he's working his fucking ass off and uh, I mean, out of everybody else on the label, to me, it seems like he's the most busiest. For sure, he's got to be. And uh, at the at the gathering in 2018, uh, that he did a, a a seminar with Light. They did their seminars together. Yeah, and it was super entertaining. Like that, like Ouija is like constantly entertaining. He's like always on, at least when he's in public. He's like he's just he's got that energy, like. Kind of like the old school ICP energy, but for a new generation. Right. Like right. he, he really connects. And that's the thing. He he connects with a newer set of fans that that ICP necessarily wouldn't bring in. Because mm -hmm. he's it's he's just a, such a different type of artist. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's actually like something that I I have to like get used to, uh, like on Twitter and stuff. He has a lot of fans that aren't juggalos, and so right. it kind of like yeah, he's bringing. I'm not used to saying that. that. Right. Yeah, he's bringing in people. I think that normally wouldn't listen to ICP psychopathic records kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And he's he's got talent. It's just like I said, um, it's not really my genre my preferred genre of music so it's cool it's he's i think if gutter water was cut down a few tracks would have been more of a solid release but he's winning me over he's putting out good songs yeah i wonder how old he is it's he's hard to get a read on he's gotta be in his 20s but i'd say yeah 25 maybe young boy little whippersnapper yeah i actually uh, i got to i talked to him for like 30 seconds at the gathering just uh, right after his seminar i talked to him for a second and he seems like a cool guy so uh yeah well i have no idea how long we've been going i didn't look at what time it was when we started it's been over an hour for sure yeah i have no idea i'm not keeping track of time either (laughs) i forgot to look at what time it was when we started we had all this talk before the show of like how long should it be right and i said it shouldn't be over an hour it'll get boring and we're definitely well over an hour and i still feel like we've uh we haven't even talked about probably but um we're still do you have anything else uh in mind uh drive-by announced they're releasing an album Yeah, drive by. Fuck, Juggalo Unity Tour. How are you? Have, do you get to go to that? Is that coming by yeah. you? That's oh. hitting Boston uh, on Wednesday, so I'll be there for that. Mm. And I've never okay. seen a, I've never seen a drive by set. I've seen I've seen Blaze and ABK so many times just because they would open up for a Twisted and ICP back in right. the day. So, and they have so many good songs together. So it's gonna be a dope show. Yeah, know. it is nice. I saw a drive-by set. Uh, it was like right. A- it was in that very brief window right after. Uh, I believe it was right after Twisted left, but before Blaze left. During like that weird short period, uh, yeah. they did a drive-by tour during that time, and uh, it was pretty awesome. So, uh, yeah, that'll be good. I don't know if I'll be going or not. The closest one to me is three hours away, which. Um. I mean, I've gone further, but, but right. I don't know. Like those are like club shows. Like yeah, they're playing. Compared, the venue that they're playing in Boston's like 150 people capacity. Yeah, so it'll be a good show, but I don't know if I want to drive three hours for a club show, even though it'll be it'll be the shit and all. But like when ABK comes to town, I go and see him every time he comes. He puts on a dope show. City. No, yeah, I, he's I, always nothing. He's just up there by himself, just killing it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Juggalo Unity Tour will be good. Uh, I'm looking forward to new drive-by music. New drive-by. Yeah, and uh, what's the word on that? Like, there's a whole new album coming out, right? Fago Lovers put up a video, and ABK was like, you thought you were just going to get one song? We're giving you a whole album. And yeah, they said it's, you know, check iTunes. Um, So it sounds like it's going to be digital first i'm sure hard copies are gonna come uh-huh. um, yeah that'll be good because uh, blaze said something like if you don't have the physical uh it'll be on itunes and shit like that so okay 
Yeah. So uh, this is what the third is. This the third drive-by album now. Uh, well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't fancy myself a drive-by expert, but I think this is the third one. Fourth, because they put out the one on psychopathic. Yeah. And they had back on the block. Yeah. And then what was the other one? Run these streets. Oh yeah, that's the one I forgot about too. Yeah. And that's a good one too. Yeah. Apparently, I don't even I don't even like routinely play those albums. No, me. So, I have yeah. the CDs. I know that. I know I have three drive-by CDs right now. Yeah, I think I have the Pony Down, and I think that might be the only one that I have. Yeah, so that's cool. They have enough EPs now to put out like a full LP if they wanted to right. go back I mean, and yeah, do that. Play but, music uh, to, to do a set together together. Yeah, and that Back on the Block album is about to be re-released on Magic Ninja, so that's interesting. Maybe they'll put out some fucking I, new drive-by yeah, shit on Magic Ninja. Yeah, I, I put up a uh, a post the other day on Twitter saying, in theory, ABK is signed to Psychopathic and m and &E at the same time. I suppose that's true. Yeah, you might have actually been the first person to... Uh, to to show me that that drive-by album was getting re-released. I think that, I think yeah. your Twitter was the first place that I saw that, but yeah, that is definitely confirmed. So who knows if that'll fucking cause a stink. It's psychopathic. I fucking hope not. Cause everybody needs to grow the hell up. I don't know. I would hate for something like that to get ABK kicked off psychopathic or something, but I wouldn't right. put anything past anyone at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of surprising, but not at the same time, only because he's, ABK is so cool with them. Blaze, Twisted, like, they were boys before Psychopathic. They should be fucking... Tri Psychopathic should be rolling out the red carpet for ABK. He should be the fucking guy now, because he's the only one that stuck around after the Exodus, and he's the one that you would have least expected to stick around, I think. Right. Other He's than, the other than yeah. Blaze, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, you know, if everyone remembers the history. Twisted brought Blaze on, and then Blaze brought ABK on. So it's like right. he had the least connect amount, the least amount of ties to ICP, and yet he's the one that's sticking around. And I mean, from an outsider's perspective, I would say they're they're treating him kind of crappy. Like if they're actually not letting him put out Shapeshifter because it has Young Wicked production on there, they need to just get over it, in my opinion. And something that I didn't know that he talked about on that Wicked 101 show was uh, that Mudface was also scrapped and had to be started over, started over again on production because it had. I don't remember who it was now. Uh, it was uh, a dude's name was like Leonard Contreras or something like that. Whoa, I, I don't think I've ever heard that name before. I was yeah, thinking I remember when he put out the Native Funk re-release after he left Psychopathic, and then it came with that Rattlesnake EP. Mm -hmm. It was produced by that guy, or at least a couple of the songs were produced by that guy. And then he put out that Trail of Tears song. And he was advertising Mudface was going to come out on Native World. Uh -huh. And then he got re-signed to Psychopathic. Oh, no. Sorry. No. Sorry to cut you off. Lavelle is who I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. There was production by Lavelle on that. that. 
And so, yeah, you jogged my memory when you were talking about how it was going to be on Native World first. Yes, it was going to be with Lavelle. And then when he came back to Psychopathic, they had to take the Lavelle stuff off. And then... He was beefing with him. Right. And then uh, Medicine Bag was going to be Possessed, which was produced by Eric Davey. And then Eric Davey was out, and they had to start over on that shit. Who so, produced Medicine Bag? Was that Kuma? Uh, I'm going to say, yeah. Off the top of my head, I'm going to say Kuma. I would that was need a solid fucking album. Yeah, it's 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 his second best, other than Hatchet Warrior. I would say it comes right after Hatchet Warrior. Uh, yeah, probably is Kuma. And uh, so he's gone through this so many times already because now it's happening again with fucking uh, young wicked shit. And even even the reason Shapeshifter has taken this long is because. It's happened repeatedly, even just with Shapeshifter, because there was a time where it was going to be uh, Joe Strange. Remember when they had Joe Strange on Psychopathic for a while? Yeah. He was the one working on it. And uh, he even posted uh, pictures on Twitter of ABK in the studio. <laughs> I wonder what happened to that with that guy. I wonder what why that didn't pan out. Yeah, Twisted did the darkness with him. Uh, was he on the darkness? Yeah, so he engineered that album, but other than other than that, you haven't heard the name since then. Well, he's probably busy. It's just I wonder what happened with him and Psychopathic. Well, but I I didn't know he was on that twisted shit. Yeah, I mean he did fucking uh, the Bad Meets Evil album. Yeah, with uh, Em and Royce. But that's what what year was that? Was that was before? It that was, was probably. Before he went to psychopathic, right? It was. Okay. Which yeah, I thought he was, was a look. I'm like, oh, you got this dude working with you. Yeah, totally. But who the fuck knows? He Joe Strains did that remix on a DJ Clay's World Upside Down mixtape. He did yep. the, the Scream remix and it sounds way different. <laughs> like that I don't know. I thought that was pretty impressive. He took like a uh he took a song which I, I already like Scream as it is. I like the whole Death Pop album. But it's just interesting how you can drastically change the tone of a song just by flipping the beat like that. So yeah, it was yeah, dope know, kind of disappointing to see him disappear. But uh, yeah, I wonder who produces the new drive-by shit. I don't even really know who MNE's producers are other than Seven. But as far as like in-house guys, I don't really know. Not me either. Yeah. Which all I know is they need to work on their mixes. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought like Continuous Evolutions was mixed terrible. That CD is a drag. <laughs> that CD um, was a, a bit of a disappointment. Blaze Casket Factory wasn't mixed good. Um, Just wasn't loud and clear like it should be. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't think I've really listened to most of the MNE albums enough times to pick out shit like that. A lot of the, some of that, I kind of fell out of MNE. I was like a big supporter at first, but it, after like they signed Young Wicked and then they kept talking all that shit about the march, it just got yep. kind of, and then like Gmo started running his mouth about shit. It right. just, it kind of hit a point for me where I was like, all right, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not invested in this at the moment. And then after like, after like a year and a half went by, 
I started getting back, catching up on some of the shit I, I was sleeping on. But, uh, right. Yeah. For the most part, I would check out an album like once or twice and then just kind of put it to the side. But, uh, now I'm fucking over all that stupid shit. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Is it, it, was, it was just at the time as it was happening? It was like, I can't. I can't feel the same way about this right now. So right. I, I, I just kind of, I didn't like go around talking hella shit or anything, but my heart wasn't in it as far as keeping up with all the MNE stuff. So I kind of fell out for a little bit, but, uh, fuck it. I've been a fucking diehard twisted fan. As long as I've been a juggalo since 1999, since Jekyll brothers, I've fucking been a twisted fan. Cases so. came out, the first one. Mm, okay. Because we, I remember hearing the first time I heard Twisted was on Forgotten Freshness with eighty five bucks an hour, mm-hmm. and going to the record store at that point I was still building my ICP collection, and just randomly finding the most tasteless cassette, mm. and I'm like, oh shit! I was like, I didn't even know that they had an album out, uh-huh. and bought it, and I was like, whoa, this is like a hardcore version hardcore rap version of like ICP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great fucking album. Yeah. They're best. Still their best. Both versions of most tasteless. I think yeah. they're both equally good and they're both the best album that Twisted's ever done. I don't really prefer one over the other. You probably prefer the old school ones since it sounds like uh, that. Was- I don't know because I mean, rock the dead, hound dogs, bury me alive. Like when they did the most tasteless show and they put those songs in there with it, it it fits. It's most tasteless. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So those those both of those albums are great. And after being a Twisted fan for so fucking long, I can't just like write them off. As much as I think it was, I I do think it was bullshit the way that they shit on the march. Even like not playing the march is one thing, but to go out of their way to say to call the march a publicity stunt that pissed me off. Signing Young Wicked pissed me off. Even signing Boondocks kind of annoyed me. <laughs> so right. uh, there was just a stretch. And, and then like Monoxide had that streak of getting on Facebook and saying shit that right. Right. I didn't agree with. So there was just kind of like a pattern of behavior happening over the course of that year that was just annoying. I think, but I, I, by no, I by no means ever said fuck them or anything like that because i've been a fan for so long and now i'm just over it but yeah i think they were just frustrated with their situation and it was just leftover emotions that were never handled properly and And there was both sides too i mean violent j came out with the six foot seven foot he was talking just as much shit yeah after he said that he wasn't going to (laughs) so it's like Yeah, there was, I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole fucking thing. That whole year, 2017, it was just like, that was just ugliness all around. But attention after, uh, after those fights broke out at the DCG con, which were definitely because of that tension. I'm sure that's, that uh, had to be where all that shit came from. After all that happened, Monoxide got on his stream and said, we need to stop the bullshit because it's not worth events getting shut down over, you know? And 
I was he's right back. I was right on board with him at that point again. I was like, he's right. I'm tired of being mad about this. And that's why I went to that Fright Fest tour in October because it was like, I'm fucking fans of these dudes. I can't be mad at them forever about something that I don't care about anymore. Right. <laughs> like, whatever their problems were with the march, it's like, okay, you can't go back and undo it. What's done is done and said has been said. Right. And I'm not going to throw away 19 years of fandom because I don't see eye to eye with them on this one thing. So whatever. I'm just it, over it in general. It's, and It's personal between them. It, and at this point, do, totally. And uh, as fans, we get invested in the shit. And, you know, people choose sides. I'd say I kept it fairly neutral, maybe sided with Twisted a little bit. Oh, really? Or... Um, only because there was there must have been some kind of bad business or something happened. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. I mean, leave. I, something happened for them to to leave. I mean, they. I, I don't know. I never, ever, ever had a problem with them leaving. When they yeah. left, I was I was still like big time supporting them. It wasn't until one signing Young Wicked, two talking shit on the march, three talking shit on the live stream every week <laughs> that I started to get like kind of fucking pissed. But I mean, not, not to bring up old shit again, but there was a period there where monoxide was even like talking shit about the fans a little bit. There was the whole thing where he said that before twisted came along, being a juggalo was about being a piece of shit. And then twisted came and yeah, made it into a family. Where did that? Oh from? yes, he did. He definitely oh, yeah. did. He but, said he said it was about being a piece of shit. Like, he also said piece of poop. Right. <laughs> but, uh, that was a yeah. little rough. So that was the thing where it was like, uh, I, mean, that's, that's like I want to like you, dude. Don't make me push you away. Right. I mean, but, that was the whole point back in the day. I mean, that's what ICP was rapping about, being scrubs. Yeah, but I don't know but, that but it was, being, but, but not being a piece of shit person. The way he was putting it was not sitting well with people. And I didn't... I. That still, that still remains a thing that I point out and say I don't agree with him on this, but it's okay to fucking disagree with somebody and not hate them. <laughs> so exactly. it's like, what right. am I supposed to do? Just it, it, That Fright Fest tour was so fucking awesome. They were great. And AXE opened and UGA opened and the whole show. show was fucking awesome. And it's like, am I supposed to miss out on that shit forever? from now on right. <laughs> just because of right. a rough patch there. Right. Uh, I don't think so. So I'm just over it completely at this point. ICP, I don't think is over it at all. They still seem bad. They still seem pissed. They haven't, sure, they haven't said anything lately, but I'm sure twisted's not over it either, but they're just not saying anything about it anymore. They seem over it. They were going to let light on that UGA album. No problem. And who fucking yeah, that's true. On that. That's <laughs> so, true too. Yeah, they seem they seem pretty over it. George said on Facebook, like MNE should be at the gathering. And Rude Boy was at uh, mm-hmm. Astronomicon last year as well. Yes, yeah, that too. So, yeah, maybe they are over it. But ICP personally, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get that from them. I've never heard them say anything to indicate that they're over it. Every the only time they ever talk about it is to say something negative. So 
Yeah. Granted, they haven't said anything in a while, but I'm sure that Fred Fury is going to have something on there, either about them or about Young Wicked or something. I don't know. I mean, Violent J at the Gathering said that. Violent J says hella shit all the time. That's true. That's (laughs) true. He said at the at uh, he said at some point before that that I think on the Juggalo show or something he said that they weren't going to talk any shit and then they made six foot seven foot and Shaggy made psychopathic soldier so it's like there's no telling what Jay's going to say right. he'll just say anything sometimes it seems like so right. we'll never, see no I don't expect to hear anything about it on the album personally well i i do expect to hear something about it so that'll be an interesting uh thing we'll have to re reconvene after that and digest that but i don't know we've we've been going for like two hours i think so maybe we should wrap it up while it's still something that people are going to want to watch all right it's like four hours people aren't going to want to watch it yeah all right. It is fun though. We definitely need to. This is the first collaboration I've ever done. I mean, I've been on Tales from the Lotus podcast, but that's really more of their show, and I'm just kind of there. Right. This is this is like a real collaboration. So yeah, I've been is- talking to a lot of other YouTubers about collaborations, but this is kind of a uh, really kind of a test in a lot of ways because I'm just winging the shit as far yes. as recording it and getting it up. We're just kind of playing it by ear, so. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, shout out to Carnival Spirits for letting us hop on for the Juggalo Invasion 2.0. Beastmaster for reaching out. He's the shit. All the dudes, Carnival Spirits, they're all the shit. Um, looking forward to working with them in the future. Um, yeah. And if you, have, if you don't know, you can find me beneathdirt.com on Twitter. And Instagram at Beneath Dirt, Facebook.com slash Beneath Dirt with the number one. And uh, I'm constantly posting shit. I'm just now getting started on YouTube, uh, doing listening parties. Uh, We're listening to new releases the night that they're released and breaking it down track by track with people who are in the chat and all that good shit. So, yeah. Give me a follow and shout out to Carnival Spirits. And thank you for doing this uh, collaboration with me. When Beastmaster reached out to me, I was like, all right, this is the opportunity to get to work with uh, Mitchell. So props yeah, to you. Th- thanks you for reaching out to me because he, he he actually reached out to me as well. And I had no idea because I, I so rarely ever check my, my Murder Mayhem show Facebook messages. So that's on me. That's my bad. I would have had it would have I would have totally missed it if you didn't reach out to me and uh volunteer to collaborate. So I definitely appreciate that. And uh yeah, your social media accounts are are great because you're constantly like saying like 15 years ago today yep. some group put this out <laughs> and it's like interesting every day because I don't fucking keep up with that shit. So it's always nice like oh not us put out an album 12 years ago or whatever 18 years ago today so uh yeah that's fun uh, i guess i should give my social media and shit out to all my accounts the names are all fucked up on all of them so i always just tell people go to murdermayhemshow.com and you can find the facebook and twitter and uh youtube and everything the facebook is facebook.com slash mayhem show uh, the Twitter is at Murder Mayhem Guy. 
and the YouTube is a murder mayhem show on YouTube. So, uh, yeah, go to murder mayhem for all that. There's also, uh, memes and stuff on there. There's videos that I post remixes and stuff. Those are on the YouTube channel as well. Um, blogs from time to time. If something strikes me, the podcast, of course, that's a, that's a biggie murder mayhem show.com. We'll get you there or just search murder mayhem show pretty much anywhere. And you'll find me got to get a, got to get up on Instagram too, though. Uh, that'll, that'll definitely be a priority in the future. So, uh, a lot of good shit on, uh, IG. Yeah, man. I don't know. I guess, we, you and me need to fucking figure out some kind of way to keep collaborating though, because we just did like two hours easily. It wasn't even difficult. So, oh, oh, this is a lot easier than trying to record my own podcast. Talking by myself is a pain in the ass. So, uh, yeah, that's nice. I'm glad it appears to have worked out okay. I guess I'll find out when I watch this back and see if actually recorded. For yeah. all I know, it's all fucked up or something, but, uh, yeah, I guess that just about wraps it up then. So, shout out Carnival Spirits. Yes, for sure. We'll All the shit. Cool. All right. Well, that's it then. I'm going to sign off. All right. Cool. Peace. Peace.